So there are these two young ladies, and they were uh, riding a bus. Um, they were on their way home from work, and uh, they'd known each other a long time, and they lived near each other, so they were on the bus riding home. And so they started this brief conversation, and, and the one lady says to the other one, hey, did you hear about Sarah, their friend from college? Did you hear about Sarah? Sarah just got engaged. And so um, the friend said, no, I hadn't heard. Who'd she get engaged to? And she said, oh, it's David. Do you remember David? Oh, yeah, I remember David. He's quite the catch, right? And so... Uh, and then, then the one girl says, you know, I don't really know how Sarah's going to do being married to David because, see, she's really sloppy. Like, she's really messy, and David's, like, very orderly, and, like, she never cleans up, and on and on and on. And, you know, she, I don't know how she's possibly going to do this. And the other girl says, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, not only is she kind of sloppy, but she's always late to everything. She's never on time, ever. She's never on time. And in fact, David is the opposite, right? He's on time all the time. In fact, late for him is five minutes early. Lefty's raising his hand. And, uh, but she's always late. I don't know how this is ever going to work. And then, then the other friend says, well, yeah, not only that, but she burns through money like she's got a hole in her purse or something. I mean, like she gets money, she spends it. It's just gone, like gone, gone. I have no idea how she's going to be married and live on a budget and everything else. And then... They get this tap on the shoulder from this lady who's sitting behind them. And the lady says, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I really I apologize, but I just want to thank you very much. I'm actually David's mother, and I am so glad that you've been sharing this with me and we're honest about it because I don't really know her that well. And I'm going to tell David right away, I'm going to do everything I can to stop this wedding. And the girls were... <sighs> Right? And so they're like, oh my goodness. Uh, no, we, you know, we went to college with Sarah. We're being a little hard. Don't call up the wedding because of us. We're just, you know, we're, we don't really mean, we're just kind of being rough. And the lady said, no, no, I really thank you so much. Nobody ever tells you the truth on these things. And so I just want to say thanks because this is really great. And I just, you know, I, as soon as I get off the bus, I'm going to call David and tell him this, that we got to call this wedding off. And then silence, right? This awkward, like, the girls are looking at each other, like, what do we do? Silence. About a minute goes by, and the lady taps him on the shoulder again and says, this is actually my stop. I'm actually not David's mother, but imagine if I was, right? And then she gets off the bus, right? We're in a culture where we throw around words all the time. We, in the English language alone, there's over a million words. There's about a million, 35,000 words. We create new words all the time. About 14 to 15 new words we invent every week. Now, most of us don't use that many words. In fact, most of us use probably about 5% of the language, maybe even less on a regular basis. But we know this, right? We throw words around all the time, right? And so we text things, we tweet things, we post things, we favorite things, we like things, right? Words, 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 everywhere we go. Big screens, little screens, everywhere we go, words, right? Yes? You, you experience this, right? Absolutely. And we live in this culture where words are everywhere. And, and part of us wants to say, maybe I'll just speak for me, part of me wants to say, you know what, it's only words. Like that lady on the bus, come on, right? Give me a break, right? It's just words. We're rational beings. We can know when to sort things out, right? We can say, well, that's true, and that wasn't very nice, but that's not necessarily true, or this is true, or this. But then, you know, we, we hear this phrase. I don't know, when I was a kid, we had this phrase. Do you remember this phrase? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but 
Words will never hurt you. Josh just said, <laughs> words will kill you. <laughs> because maybe that's not true, right? Maybe words really do hurt. So I, on one hand, I think, well, we're rational people. We should be able to handle this. And then just this week, I was talking to a young lady, and she said, you know, um, if you look at, we were talking about in the basement of Hughes, where I work, there's all these pictures of all the classes of Asbury graduates. And, and everybody loves to come and look at these pictures, and they make fun of the old-fashioned and stuff like this, right? And the girl said, you know, if you, if you were to look at all of my yearbook pictures in elementary school, I'm not smiling in a single one of them. And I said, well, why not? She said, well, in kindergarten, one of, my, one of, one of the kids in my class told me, just in passing, they said, you know what? You've got buck teeth, and you look like a rabbit when you smile, right? It was just, this is something kids say, right? And so she held on to that, right, for her whole elementary career, right, and never would smile in a picture where you could see her teeth. Words matter. In fact, words build worlds. Um, it's kind of interesting when you think about the words that we, that we use, that we throw around. We know the story. It starts in Genesis chapter 1, and you guys know this, so I'll just... In the beginning, God speaks and he creates, right? Here it is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then verse 3, and God, what's that word? Said, let there be light. And there was light. And it goes on and on. If you read Genesis chapter 1, God speaks and it happens, right? He creates out of words. He creates He creates. God creates with words. There's incredible power in words. What if I were to tell you today that every single one of you, no matter how how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much power you have, no matter how much authority you have, all of you possess an enormous amount of power. See, because this God who created all these things with the word, he didn't just create stuff. He also created us. We are created in God's image. Yes? Yes? And not only did he create us, he created us in his image. That means a few things. One, that we are created to create. And with our words, whether we realize it or not, we we possess an incredible amount of power. Words, hear me say this, words build worlds. So the question becomes, what kind of worlds have been created for you? You know this, because we all grew up in an environment, right? Right? We, we, create, we grow up in these worlds that people create for us. For, for many of us, it's our parents. For many of us, it's uh, our teachers. Some of us, it's the classmates that we have that say these random things like, hey, you look like a rabbit when you smile. Right? These words matter, right? And they keep building into us. So maybe you, were, maybe you live in a world of discouragement or maybe a world of negativity where people tell you all the time, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can try, but it's not going to work. You're not valuable. Maybe that's the kind of world you were grown, you, you've grown up in. What, what kind of worlds? I just want you to think about this for a minute. What kind of world did you grow up in? What kind of world was created for you by the words that your parents and the people around you shared with you? You guys know. Some, to be frank, sometimes this is pretty hard. Some of us grew up in this world where we were told, whatever you do is not enough, Right? You know what I'm talking about? Well, that, oh, good, three A's is good, but why didn't you get five, right? And this kind of world where whatever you do, it's never quite enough. Oh, two touchdowns, that was okay. Why not three? You really dropped that pass that one time. Really? 
Okay, I guess I'll try harder. Right? And we're, these little statements, right, build these worlds that we live in time and time and time again. Maybe you lived in the world of the complicit. You know what a complicit is? It's like when people try to, it sounds like they're complimenting you, but then when they finish, you realize they're actually insulting you. So they say things like, oh, wow, that shirt looks really good on somebody your size. Wait a minute, wait, what? <laughs> or man, I really appreciate that idea you shared. That was really good for somebody your age. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> right? And so our culture's really good at words, yeah? In fact, it's so funny that, I don't know if you guys watch late night TV, but Jimmy Fallon has this little this, this segment on his show sometimes, and it's where he just has celebrities read all these tweets that are really mean, that are given to them, right, that are said about them. Have you seen this? Some of you have. Okay, it's not necessarily children appropriate all the time, so I'll just warn you. But, but the reality is words matter, right? And they build these worlds we live in. So the other question we have to ask is, what worlds are you creating? Like, if you think about this, just assume for a second that I'm right, that words build worlds. What kind of world are you creating with the words that you use? Are you building a world of love, of encouragement, of lifting up, of kindness? Are you building these kinds of things? I I just wonder, what kind of world are you building? And maybe one of the questions that we have to start with is, what kind of world do you want to build? What kind of world would be really something worth building? So this idea of stewardship is really common. It's a virtue. It's something we find in culture all over the place. And of course, it's found in the Bible a lot. And it's just this idea of protecting something or caring for something that you've been given. Now, let's just say it's true that you have an incredible amount of power just with your words. How are you doing stewarding that particular power? to create worlds for yourself and for people around you. How are you doing with that? The author of James, he's Jesus' brother, by the way, and, and he understood how important words are. He said this, A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but, a, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. The power of our words to bless someone, to tear someone down. The power of our words, to bring something good or to destroy, right? So I don't know about you, but in, in the world I live in anyway, the temptations are great to talk bad about people, situations, to complain, to, right? You live in this world too, right? And, and sometimes it just feels like there's so much going around us all the time. It's all about this negativity. We forget the power that we possess in our words. This guy named Paul, he lived a long time ago, and he was this kind of missionary guy, and he would go around to different places, and he would share with people all about kind of who Jesus was. And he went to this place called Ephesus one time. And he met this group of people there. And he said something really interesting. Um, Now, you have to understand some things about Ephesus. Ephesus was a very Greek culture, okay? When Paul showed up, very Greek. And that means a couple things. Number one, it means this. Stay with me. This is important to kind of understand this. Tell me if this sounds familiar. But in the Greek culture, especially in, in Ephesus, when Paul was there, this was the belief. You matter, you're valuable to culture by what you can contribute to it. So, if you're the most beautiful, you're extra valuable. If, if you're the best athletically, you're extra valuable. If you're really, really smart and can help us figure things out, 
you're really valuable. If you know business really well, you're valuable. Does this sound familiar at all? Yeah? A little bit like our culture, right? And so because, because the value was on those who were the best and the most beautiful and the most accomplished, then the, the language, the way people treated each other all the time was this competition kind of language. They were always trying to tear each other down so that they could be seen as better and more valuable, right? And so, again, sound familiar? In the world we live in, sure, right? And so we're always jockeying and competing. So Paul says something interesting. He's talking, he's write this letter, he wrote this letter to this, this group of, this church, group of believers in Ephesus. And he's talking about the words they, they use. Now, now pay attention to this. This is from Ephesians chapter four. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Now I just want to point out a word that's really important in there. Any, right? Do you see this? any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that I may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And then this last verse, just to kick you especially hard, be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Do you see this picture that Paul's trying to create? He's trying to help them see that a better world is a world where we use our words not to tear people down, but to build one another up. So I'll ask again, how you doing with the worlds you build? How you doing with the worlds you create? Are, are we building worlds that are full of blessing? Or are we building worlds that tear people down? Probably one of the reasons that this is the hardest thing in my experience for us to live into is because we all possess the ability to speak and we can do it so fast, right? So fast, so fast. How long does it take to tear a building down? Anybody know? How long does it take to tear a building down? Not nearly as long as it takes to build it. That's absolutely true. You could, if you have the right equipment, you can tear a building down in probably a, an hour, right? I mean, if you have the right equipment, right? Less than that. Just push the button and there it goes, right? <laughs> How long does it take to build a building? Long time. Depends on the size of the building, of course, right? But if you think about this in terms of our words, it's easy to tear something down like that, Right? But how do we do at building worlds? It takes, in many ways, a lifetime to build a world of love and encouragement and all those things. So I want to say a couple words here, a little challenge for you. So maybe you're at the place where you're saying, okay, maybe I haven't been so good at at the words I use. Maybe the words I've been using with my family or my brothers and sisters or with with my coworkers or maybe... Maybe there's a certain person in particular you don't like and you're, it's easy to talk bad about that person because maybe everybody doesn't talk well about that person. Whatever it is, so what do you do about that? Well, the first thing I just challenge you to do is just to be honest about it, right? And just to say to God, God, look, I, I've really blown it. I've built some worlds that have led to destruction, that are, that are not good, that are not building people up, that are not a blessing. But one of the things I know is that I can't change, I can't do anything differently unless I have a picture of something better, right? Unless I know a better way. And so some people will ask, well, Brian, what, what is a better way? 
And, and so one of the things I want to point you to is, is Matthew, in particular the whole book, but the words of Jesus are incredible, right? And I don't know if you've ever actually taken, taken time to look at this, but just to look through Scripture and say, what does Jesus say? What if my words were like the words of Jesus? And so I'll even make it simpler. Matthew 5 through 7, this is what's called the Sermon on the Mount. It starts with these Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, right at the very beginning. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice this blessing, right? Blessed are. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, after things that are good and right and true, for they will be filled, Jesus says. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, right? Blessed are, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because they're seeking after these good things, and theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says these words of blessing. And so here's my challenge to you, okay, is to sometime this week try to read through Matthew 5 through 7. And if you're super ambitious, if you're the A-type personality and you're a big achiever, maybe you can read through the whole of Matthew. And just look at, you can even skip over some of the parts. Just look at how Jesus speaks to people. What words does he use? How could we be like Jesus in the words we... Here's what I would propose. That if we're willing to let our words build worlds like Jesus built. If, if we're willing to, to just say, okay, what Jesus said, I want to speak like that. If we're willing to, to ask that, to ask God to change our hearts in those ways, then what I would say is it's a better life. And so at the very end of this Sermon on the Mount, listen to this, this is how Jesus talks about these words. So he says this, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not just homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. These words I give you are words to build a life on. What if we spent our time building worlds that brought life? What if we spoke words of blessing and hope? What if parents, what if we built a world for our children that was a world of love and grace? Children, no matter what age you are, what if you spoke words of support and care to your parents? Brothers and sisters, what if you spoke words of forgiveness and peace? What if we built worlds of blessing? What if we built worlds that lasted? Worlds that are built on rock, not on some kind of shaky foundation. We're going to play a video in just a second. It's a song. Uh, it has some pictures and the words with it a little bit. Um, this is just a song that talks about more or less the, the Beatitudes. It just kind of walks through some of that. And as the song plays, I want to challenge you to do a couple things. One, I want to challenge you to think about the worlds that were given to you. And 
And many of us would say, you know what, the world that was given to me maybe wasn't so great, so I want something better. That's fantastic. But we can't do something different if we don't know what's different. And so maybe the next thing to pray is, God, okay, maybe my words haven't been building the worlds that you would desire, but maybe my words can be words that build something beautiful and good. That's a blessing to people around me. And so I just want to challenge you to think through that and, and pray as, as we watch this video together. And then I'll come up and, and pray and we'll kind of wrap up. So check this video out. Mm-hmm. 